What's up, everybody? We're stepping into the box for this week's quick pitch, where we're talking about the first professional Mexican softball league. And we're probably going to touch on Mackenzie Donahue as well. Yep. Mexico has its first ever professional softball <laughs> league, Liga Mexicana de Softball, uh, also known as the LMS, which is what we'll be referring to it as from here on out. Uh, they held an open trial in early November and then held the first ever draft of the inaugural league on December 7th in Mexico City's Alfredo Harp Helu Stadium. Uh, there are six teams in this league. Uh, you got the Olmecas de Tabasco, Aguilas de Veracruz, the Charos de Jalisco, Diablos Rojos del Mexico, Sotanas de Monterrey, and Bravas de Leon. And I got broken Spanish. My accent's probably not great. I did the best I could. Better um, than I could do. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm just... Just a well-rounded individual, I guess. No, but they each team drafted their rosters on December seventh. Uh, this each team has a 20, 20 player roster, so they drafted a total of one hundred twenty players throughout the entire league. Um, the first two picks of that draft went to uh, Cuban national team teammates, Rosangelina Ardinez. She went to the Olmecas of Tabasco. And Yillian Tornes, who went to the Aguilas of Veracruz, this, the Eagles of Veracruz. Um, that is Cuba's pitcher-catcher duo. Uh, catcher went, the catcher, Rosangelina Jardines, went to uh, Tabasco. And the pitcher, <clears throat> Yillian Tornes, went to uh, Veracruz. Um, those two helped Team Cuba to a 4-2 and two record in the WBSC Women's Softball World Cup Group B opening round over the summer uh, where they were able to take down Team China. Uh, there were also two Olympians drafted in Yerubi Alicart from Venezuela, who went to the team from Jalisco. She competed in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. And then Mexican Stefania Ardias, who went to the Red Devils of Mexico. She competed in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, so I mean, as far as like the league is concerned, like there's quality players in this league. It's not just like some, you know, third world country league that was thrown together. That's like like this is a legit league, and there are legit athletes playing in this league. I, how old do you have to be to play in the Olympics? Uh, sixteen. That I don't know because when it comes to like baseball and softball and like team, when it comes to team sports specifically, 
there are age groups. And I think like the oldest age group goes up to 19 for softball anyway, because Australia, I know, has an, a U-19 women's national team. But as far as just the plain Jane grown-up women's national team for each country, I don't know how old you have to be. Okay, well, here's why I ask is because Ruby was in the 2008 Beijing Olympics, right? Mm -hmm. And I ended up just Googling it because that was easier. I was just curious at what age she was still playing, and she's 38. And I would just, I'm just trying to commend somebody who's 38 years old and is still able to play a sport at such a high level. Yeah, I mean, I think she's the same age as Kat Osterman and Monica Abbott. Yeah, I don't. And Kat Osterman still plays in Athletes Unlimited. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's she's what I... yeah, it's imp it's impressive. I mean, she's a professional athlete who's, I mean, look at how many professional athletes play until they're, you know, forty in a major league in like major league baseball. Yeah. So, this is a, I mean, she's a professional athlete. This is a professional league. It's not. It's, I mean, it's just, I, I harp on the fact that it's a professional league because, one, it's the first league of its kind in Mexico. And, like I said, it's not just, like, some thrown-together thing. Like, this is... Organized. This is, yeah, it's fully backed by the Mexican Baseball League, which is fully backed by Major League Baseball. And a lot of players, a lot of Major League Baseball players, specifically young guys, when they get done with their season, they go play in the Mexican Baseball League as well to get more that. reps and more experience. Yes, it's not. It's not like a. I say a lot. It's not a ton, but it's. I mean, like your minor leaguers, you you have a handful of mm -hmm. minor leaguers. There, I mean, there are some. Like Yasiel Puig played the Mexican League, and some other like big time names played in the Mexican Baseball League, right after the uh, the Major League Baseball season was over. Right after their hundred game season, one hundred sixty two game season. Well, yeah, which is actually more than that once you count playoffs. Yeah. It's like almost 200, depending on how far you go. But, yeah, I mean, you got a Mexican softball league now that's essentially fully supported by Major League Baseball. Yeah, it all connects. Yeah. So you have legitimate athletes playing in this league. It's just, it's just a great – it's just great to see the game of softball and where it's at right now and that there's so much investment coming to this game to put it on a larger stage. Yeah. I mean, you know, that uh, <clears throat> little girls around the world world are, are playing softball and all that stuff. But I think it's cool that there's a full on professional league of its own 
in a different country and they're pulling players that are known players and have reputations and all this other like like you said they didn't just grab some some nobodies and say hey we're gonna make this league yeah like there are definitely some leagues in like middle eastern countries that are more so trying to like spread awareness of the game but this is not that this is like let's get the best players in the world to come play in this league and put on a spectacle for our fans yeah and a lot of it goes back to the fact that one it's a, a very quickly growing sport especially right now yeah. And yeah, yeah. the more popularity that it's gained, the more you see it spread and the more you'll see players going elsewhere to play anyways. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, but I mean, the, the fact that there's essentially indir an indirectly supported league or an, an indirectly major league baseball supported league. Yeah. It, 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 it makes me feel like at some point there will be a directly supported major league baseball league here in the States. Like this will be used as a test to see like how fans respond to it. Yeah. As to whether or not Major League Baseball decides to dip their their foot in the water and just go ahead and dive in to making their own league. Which I'm not necessarily saying that like Major League Baseball should monopolize both baseball and softball. <laughs> but with their recent partnership with the NFCA, like and their involvement in with their RBI programs, their inner city programs for both baseball and softball. Um, like Major League Baseball is already invested in softball. And with this league, if it pans out the way I imagine it will, as far as like, I think it's going to bring in a, a good crowd. It's not going to be a baseball crowd necessarily, but I right. think it's going to draw a, a good crowd just because of, like we said, the game is growing. Um, I think this will be grounds for Major League Baseball to start laying a foundation for that here, be it like Major League Softball or just in partnership with one of the already existing leagues. Yeah. So then, so then, okay, let me ask you this. If they are to, they being the MLB, right. If they're to expand this, um, I guess their, their partnership all across, how do you think that affects pay for players? I mean, they have to, they wouldn't get paid the same as, their baseball counterparts. No, yeah, no, 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 not that. But, but I mean, I, I would imagine that like there's gonna there would be a league minimum, right? Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, again, their league the league minimum is not going to be representative or compare. It's not going to be comparative of the baseball league minimum. I don't imagine because just though it's not necessarily fair given the amount of work that is put into women's sports from the athletes and the coaching staff. And, you know, it all takes just as much work as it does for male sports. It, it's just, it's a more of a supply and demand thing. Like the crowd is not going to be that of a baseball crowd. Right. And so salaries and whatnot are going to have to reflect that. But I think the world that we live in today is very responsible receptive to female athletes mm -hmm. and so while the league may not be able to pay out what the male counterpart league would pay out there's still going to be sponsorship opportunities that are going to help supplement that yeah you know what i mean yeah no i, so, I get what you're saying i guess more too of like uh i guess if the mlb is in partnership with all of professional softball at whatever point, if that were to ever happen, that money would be coming from the MLB, right? Um, I, like their pay would be from. Well, I mean, like a partnership. That's not not I I not necessarily would be the easy answer. I'll take the easy answer. I mean. It would have to be like this league is Major League Baseball owned. Okay. But I then they're still, they would still have separate finances for each league. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. That I makes I sense. would I would imagine I, I you know I'm I'm just speculating here. And that's but, all I was trying to figure out. Just an idea. But I mean, outside of that, like. Again, this is really exciting. You have a, an international, not a, it's not really an international, but you have a foreign league that's really close to home where the Mexican Baseball League already gets TV time on MLB Network. Mm -hmm. So you would imagine that there's a great opportunity for the Mexican softball league to also get airtime on major league baseball's network, which would be huge. Um, yeah. Or even just ESPN plus like, I mean, I haven't seen anything in the works between the LMS and ESPN. Um, but I know major league baseball has a contract with, ESPN so I wouldn't be surprised but I mean, and and there are players from the United States in this league too there's not a lot of players from the United States there's only five but six five oh one team chose not to not to draft it that's U US player. But but yeah, I mean the fact that there are players from the United States on these teams, it 
it's helps the expansion. Yeah, it helps it helps expand the awareness of the league to you know more of an international awareness. Um, still in the Western Hemisphere, but uh, what am I, am I using too many geological yeah. terms for you? Yeah. Or geographical terms? Geological. Yeah, not not study of rocks, but geographical. You um, almost sounded really smart for a second. I corrected myself. What's also interesting, though, about this league is I feel like it's kind of short. It is fairly short. Like I said, it, it's it's a test run. run. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to see how it goes. And which... Like I said, if it's anything like the current or the already pre-existing professional leagues that we have here with the WPF and Athletes Unlimited, mm -hmm. I would imagine it's going to do well. Yeah, I, I would I would think it would be just fine so long as it gets the recognition that it needs, I guess. But with yeah. the partnership, well, not really the partnership, but with the backing of the Mexican Baseball League, which in turn is the MLB, I would assume there's some kind of extra pub pub publicity. Yeah, some some marketing, we'll say. Yeah, that's better. It's easier to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I fully expect it to do well, well enough at least to warrant doing a second season. Yeah. So. I also like the name of the championship series of this league. Yeah, I find the Queen it fun. Series. Yeah, I find that yeah. fun. And then it and then somebody yeah. gets to take a crown. Yeah. Be the champion. It makes sense. It does. It does. It does indeed. And I mean it's it's set up like a traditional, like a baseball playoff system where you have like the the semifinal round is a three game series, and then the Queen series is a five game series, best three out of five. So you don't play. I'm here like for a, it. Yeah, it's not like a round robin tournament. It's like an actual. Oh, yeah, it's an actual series. It's it's real softball. It's cool. Mexican softball league. It's exciting. It's dope. It's dope. It is dope. It is. All right. Well. On to the next. Hopefully, yeah, on to the next, I guess. Hopefully we hear some more about the Mexican softball league and like where it'll be aired. It's It's got to get TV time. It's got to. Yeah, I feel like there's like kind of limited – information about it at the moment granted the, the draft kind of did just happen what 10 days yeah. ago yeah so 11 okay well 12 now but 10 was 10 was an estimate okay like 10 days ago like yeah. meaning around approximately okay i got this <laughs> Just saying. 
that. Huh. All right. So transitioning to the next topic of discussion, Mackenzie Donahue decides it's probably better for my body if I stop playing ball. And you know that was a tough call too. And it wasn't even just her call. Her doctors told her. Or she talked about it with her family. Like, yeah. My doctor's got to tell me that I got to quit. You know that she was really contemplating it. Mm. That's a tough loss, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, I. Yeah. I kind of went out on my own terms, you know? Like, I. My last year playing ball, I, I battled injury. And then I was just like, I was, I was definitely bitter about it, but I just was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm tired of doing this. Um, but like to, to more so have it taken from you because your body just like can't do it anymore. I can't imagine what that feels like. Different kind of sadness. Yeah. Like, and granted, this isn't the first time that Donna has done this. She did this when she was at Oklahoma too. And, but she took off a year, right? And then she. Yeah. And I want to say that one was mid season or like towards the end of the season. I don't, I don't think she finished that season out. And I feel like it was like Patty Gasso came and said she would no longer be playing with Oklahoma or for Oklahoma or so. I don't know. It could have been after season, but I really feel like it wasn't. I could I tell should you. have checked up on that. All I know is that it's a crappy situation all the way around. You hate to see a player like Mackenzie Donahue, somebody who's exciting to watch, have to hang it up. Um, sucks for Tennessee because they lose their starting shortstop. I think they'll end up being okay with Laura Mueller, who transfers from MTSU. But I mean, just kind of heartbreaking. Like, like I said, like it's it's not it's not one of those things where you're just like, like in my situation, it's not like. I'm just done playing. I don't want to do this anymore. And it like, wasn't, you know, yeah, like that's on your terms. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. like so many other college athletes who are like, you know what? I would rather just go do something else at this point in life. My, like, this is, I'm, I'm checked out. I'm done. Yeah. Like, this is Donahue being like, if I continue to do this, I'm going to cause long-term damage to my mm -hmm. body that I'll never be able to fix and I'll forever suffer for it. So yeah. Somebody who still had gas in the tank. Yeah. And essentially can't, can't play anymore. Yeah. And she was such, I mean, she was just, like you said, she was an exciting player to watch and an athlete. I mean, heck, when she was at Oklahoma playing the outfield, she was making freaking stellar catches. I'm pretty sure she played left field. But, I mean, she made plenty of diving catches out there, and then she got to Tennessee, and they were like, yeah, you're going to actually be the shortstop instead. 
of the left shoulder. And she's like, okay, mm. yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I just, just an athletic, athletic person who, I mean, you could just see how exciting of a player she is and how energetic she is just by watching her. Yeah. So that's a tough mm. loss for Tennessee. I read something that said that, uh, I, I think it was Karen Weekly that said it, that she was talking about Mackenzie Donahue and how she was having to leave or whatever, and was talking about how, like, at practice, she she's the one for them that just, like, keeps everybody going and has the the energy but also critiques her teammates but also encourages them. Like, she was just all around, not just a shortstop for them. She But, like, she was a leader, like we were – Saying like you have to have leadership, and she was one of one of those people for them. Yeah, and I mean she played a position that is a leadership role. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely a tough loss. Um, and as a coach, like, I don't know, as as a player, obviously, like you empathize with her, and you're like, man, this really. This really sucks losing my teammate. As a coach, though, like, I don't know. It just, obviously, you're upset that you're losing a piece from your lineup because now you got to figure that out. Right. But, like, like, over, you know, with, with, our coaching position, right? I I couldn't imagine, and I've I mean I've had to deal with it. I had to deal with it my first year when a kid was just like, I can't play anymore because of X Y Z. That's completely out of my control, and there's nothing I can do about. It. And it sucks. <laughs> it's like it <laughs> sucks because it can't. It came out of nowhere. I don't imagine that Donahue's came out of nowhere necessarily, but I'm sure that it was not really something that was on Karen Weekly's radar until, like, basically Donahue was like, hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Because up until that point like she was the shortstop right they had all intentions of turning the semester and going into january and she was it yeah i mean you could argue that maybe there was there was a hint of this uh, a hint of awareness about this potentially happening since they went out and got laura Mueller. Yeah. As another incoming shortstop. But I I would say, like, why would Donahue then wait this long to announce that she was going to do that, right? I wonder if it was something where, like, maybe, maybe over the summer or early start to the fall semester, she had gone to the doctor or even just, like, the athletic trainers or something – Maybe it was a decision of, hey, we're going to just like keep an eye on it, see how it does throughout all of your conditioning and fall practices and games and all that. And we'll just have to make a call 
at later time, you know, trying to give her the best chance of still being able to go. Maybe that's what it was. As yeah, to why. I, mean, I, I, I could see that happening, that conversation happening, like, towards the end of last season. Because otherwise, why would you go out and get that shortstop? Yeah. Right. Or, you, or it may be like, a, you know, we know that Donna, who's dealing with a lot of injuries, and she's she's really, you know, fighting through pain just to play. So let's go out and get this shortstop. In case something were to happen. Yeah, but but more so the initial thought of like to just relieve some of those innings. Yeah. So she's not just tearing her body apart the whole season. There's yeah. someone else that can take the 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 load and you know bear the weight for a little bit and you know we just platoon the two. Yeah. I could see I could see that being the thought process going into the summer. But I just don't imagine that, like, it was ever Donahue's not going to play. That was on Karen Weekly's radar until Donahue walked in the office and was like, hey, I, I, can't. I, I can't. Yeah. And so, like, from a coaching standpoint, again, like, you're like, oh, okay, now we got to figure out this whole depth chart and, like, who's going to really take over shortstop and all that. And then, like, the X's and O's of it, yes, that's – that's something you have to deal with as a coach, but then like looking at this kid sitting across from the desk. Who's torn who's, up probably. Yeah. Probably bawling her eyes out. And you're just like, there's nothing. I can't do anything in this situation. Yeah. Like, there's nothing feeling, I can say. Feeling so helpless then. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing I can say to you to make it better. I can't, I can't, magically your injuries yeah like there's nothing i can do and i hate it and like all you can do at that point is just wish that kid the best i wonder if they'll make her like a a team manager or something or like a student assistant yeah this is if she would you know and she might not want to do that she might not want to go around softball or something you know some people just don't want to be around yeah i mean it it could it could be too painful yeah to sit there and watch and not be able to play i could i mean especially like initially it might it might take some time for her to be like yeah i could see it going either way yeah but yeah i mean i don't know just a crappy situation yeah for for all parties yeah for her for the coaching staff for the program the teammates like yeah the fans like just kind of sucks yeah but at the end of the day donahue will be fine um the vols will be fine everything you know Earth's still going to spin, and sun's still going to come up, and it's still going to go down. So. True. Yeah. So we got a Mexican softball league, and we we lose a great player in the softball community. I think that'll wrap it up for 
for this episode quick pitch. Think so.